Blog Talk Radio. Robinson, who was awesome this year for the Jayhawks. 
Tyshawn Taylor had another good year, even though he really didn't show up much in the tournament at all, save for uh, uh, one game when he had like 25 or something like that, I can't recall. And Jeff Withy was uh, a force uh, shot blocker down in the paint. So they definitely had the tools to be a real good team. I think looking, if you looked at the start of the year, would they be in the national championship game? A lot of people would probably say no. But that's just the way the system is. And, uh, but, you know, they had a great tournament. They were on the ropes, like, seemingly every game. Like, literally every game. They were were very close to falling apart. So, but, you know, when that starts happening again and again, you start to feel like, yeah, well, we can do this. Maybe we got luck on our side, so. I think as soon as they beat Purdue, you knew something was special with this Jayhawks team. And, yeah, they beat a very – of course, when they beat Ohio State, you know, it was even questionable if, you know, was Ohio State there the last, like, minute of the game. Yeah. Which really concerned me. Because I would have loved to – I mean, either way, Anthony Davis, tournament MVP, absolutely deserved that award because – he would have played very physical against Jared Sollinger, much like Thomas Robinson and Withy did. I mean, because you couldn't have picked a more, you know, a similar opponents of Kansas and Ohio State. I think the reason why Kentucky won this game was it wasn't that the players were young and all of Calipari. It's because, you know, Terrence Jones, and these Terrence Jones, Duran Lamb, those guys had Final Four experience. Yeah. I mean, they are at least, at least lead eight, lead, or Final Four experience. Yeah, they lost to UConn. Yes. So... Eventually, eventual national champions, and then you could bring in, was it Darius Miller, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd Giltris, yeah. and then of course Anthony Davis. Yep. And Marcus Teague. Right, very well-oiled machine, and it's not only a matter of time to see what those guys do in the future. Which goes to our next topic, where uh, Mark Cuban's back in the news again. Oh yeah, really. Uh, despite the uh, the Mavericks sort of limping to the playoffs, goes on the record saying, "Quote: I just think there's a lot more kids that get ruined coming out early or going to stay." Going to school, trying to be developed to come out early, then then actually make it. So he's upset with there should be no one and done rule. Are you a fan of Mr. Cuban's words saying that they should the NBA should fix this? I agree. I think that uh, basically everyone except for really the uh, NBA Players Association really seems to be for uh, changes. The uh, NCA, uh, the president of the NCAA tournament, or the not the NCAA tournament, the NCAA, uh, Mark Emmert. Uh, even John Calipari, who we all uh, or people often criticize for really embracing this one and done model, but he just says, "I'm going to go with the system. I'd love for these kids to play." I've always felt that if you're going to make, if the kids are going to go to school, it does them no good going for one year. It's it's pointless to be even going at all. So I felt that have a rule, and a lot of people feel this way. Uh, you know, either you can come out after high school. Or you have to stay. I would I would say three years, but I think two years would be uh, would be very would be good because then you're actually getting somewhat of an education. When you go for one year, you're just like, ah, well, I'm gonna turn pro, so it doesn't really matter. So I think to make for these kids, and then a lot of times, you know, down their career, they don't have the education, so it just helps them. And a lot, you see a lot of players that just when they stay longer, they develop more. That's so, true, and we we've definitely have that in the past. I agree with everything that Mark Cuban said. I don't like this one and done rule. No. I think the only reason why they they implied it was that one year in the NBA draft, I think it was Dwight Howard's year, it was him, Sean Livingston, Sebastian Telfair. Yeah. I think six of the ten guys in that first round were from high school. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, I don't mind. If you, I think one thing is compared to basketball and football, because the NFL it's what, three years of college? Yes. And, and look how those guys turn out. But football is such a much more physical sport than basketball. Of course. And guys are just as easily talented in high school. Yet, you think, you think of that, and there's only a few exceptions of the guys that come straight out of high school. Yeah. And, of course, the longevity of their careers. You see guys like Jermaine O'Neal, Tracy McGrady, even the big ticket Kevin Garnett, you know, the wear and tear of an NBA season. Yeah. You'd think college would help them. I mean, I agree with everything that Mark Cuban says. Mm. I think it's two years as well. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to force someone to actually stay, of course, you know, for everyone. I mean, I would like three years, but I think two years would be very good and be uh, a substantial improvement over the current system. Yes, because of college basketball over, the coaches' carousel also begins, as we also will have our NBA draft show in a few weeks. One of the big moves 
Illinois uh, head coach Bruce Weber is out and replacing Frank Martin, who went to South Carolina. A surprise move to you, Flo, Frank Martin going to the SEC? Uh, I think what it ultimately is is that he was very mad. I forget who's that player that they said couldn't play in the uh, that uh, the, the tournament game. I forget his name, but Frank Martin was very mad about it. He said that, um, you know, he wasn't part of that decision. And, well, whether you, the kid should have been suspended, I don't remember his name. But he was, uh, you know, it was going to be his final game. They said he couldn't play. He wasn't uh, eligible. But it, you, Frank Martin was clearly mad about that. There was, uh, started growing reports of uh, uh, friction between uh, Frank Martin and his AD. And if you look at it, he was offered an out. Go to South Carolina, which is not a good basketball program. But Frank Martin's from the southeast. He's from Florida. So, and there were rumors he was really interested in the Miami job, but they just didn't seem interested, which doesn't make sense. So, I mean, is it a, it's absolutely a step down, but he, uh, you know, you have to, it's not, it's not just the, the capability or what the job is like, it's also you have to cover in the factors, and you can't really blame him for leaving you. If you, if you have a problem with your AD, you're not going to have success. Also, another uh, Bruce Weber now goes to Kansas State, so he goes from Big Ten to the Big Twelve. Yeah, and you think K State with his good coaching and recruiting, you think K State could be a team on the rise now that Missouri and Texas A and M are leaving the conference? Absolutely. I mean, they were a good team in the conference, anyways. Once Bob Huggins went there after the uh, the whole acri- his acrimonious departure from Cincinnati, right. he started he put that team just single handedly back on the map. He only coached a year, but he brought it and started getting like uh, guys like uh, uh, yeah, Bill Walker. Yeah, Michael was, uh, Beasley was also on that Michael team. Beasley. Or I think he was on the, the first year Frank Martin was there. Mm. But he, he and Huggins left for his alma mater, which you can't really blame, and it's West Virginia, which is a better job and it's got more history. But then they brought a hired Frank Martin, who had been an assistant coach and then a longtime high school coach. And so it, it's a good job. And Bruce Weber, I mean, don't look because uh, I forget who it might have been. It might have been Gary Parrish from CBS Sports. They said that for a lot of coaches, like when you're there for eight years and it, fans start to get kind of tired of you. I mean, he was offered the Oklahoma job last year, and even though Oklahoma was not a better job than Illinois, it's a decent job. Right. And maybe you should have taken that. But because Illinois really felt well. But he's a real good coach. You know, he's uh, in the Midwest. So, hey, he led, he led uh, Illinois to the Final Four. Yeah, so and that was a really good uh, loaded team after uh, Bill Self left for right. uh, Kansas. So I really think it's a good hire for uh, K-State. And speaking of Kansas, assistant Danny Manning is going to now try to build a program in Tulsa, a very weak conference of the Conference USA. Mike Davis, Matt Doherty uh, respectively get fired from their teams this year. And trying to fall in the way of what Johnny Dawkins this year, Stanford actually won the NIT. Do you think... Danny Manning, with being assistant at KU, can turn a program around, or at least start a new in Tulsa. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, he he does have some coach experience. You know, you're always taking a risk when hiring a big name, mostly for being a big name. But that will also help in recruiting. You know, people remember Danny and the Miracles in the late '80s, and uh, he's said to be well respected as a coach, and she shouldn't have any problem recruiting. So, and Tulsa's not a terrible basketball school, so I think it's a solid hire. Because I think Memphis Memphis is going to the Big East next year, right? Yeah. So they're out. SMU leaves. Central Florida leaves. So basically, uh, so basically with this, Houston's also gone. Yeah. So it's also it's pretty wide open, at least for a solid run next year, because they're getting recruiting from that area. And the final thing for college basketball, despite the debate, the debate of whether or not Anthony Davis should have won Player of the Year, which we'll get to that in our final thoughts of the college basketball. UConn loses the appeal to lift their ban from the NCAA tournament. So no Huskies next year. Can It get it gets from bad to worse with this UConn team. Because first, I mean, you win the national championship, but you lose Kemba Walker and a team with that base, a team of returning stars, you know, Shabazz Napier, Jeremy Lamb. And then you bring in, like, uh, Drummond. Yeah, and then Bo Wright, yeah. who had uh, issues earlier in the year. But when he played, UConn was good. They ended up getting bounced in the first round of the tournament. 
and uh, speculations of that Jim Calhoun, whether he retire or not. It gets, and now to know that they're not going to play in the tournament next yeah. year. It's, they're basically the USC of college basketball, aren't they? Uh, Yeah, basically. you know, They've had uh, some kind of problems before. But if I'm get Jim Calhoun, I, I think to myself, you know, I've had an amazing career. I took Connecticut from nothing and made it a top program. His health has obviously not been good for several years now. And really, he's got nothing really else to prove. He's got three national championships. I believe it's three at uh, with the Huskies, you know, and he built that program. So he's, Yeah, he's going to go down as one of the best college basketball coaches ever. So fire him. He's not, you know, he's not a young buck anymore. And he's had his health problems. So if I were him, I'd retire. Right, so that'll do it for our... Actually, no, one more thing, college basketball. you think it was right picking Anthony Davis as the Naismith Player of the Year? Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, he was the best player in the best team, um, which matters. He uh, just played such a huge difference because he was just so good and such a dominant force down in the paint. And throughout the year, he was just consistently excellent. And he was their leading scorer, but he, he, he was like fifth in the team in uh, shots, shot attempts. So he's incredibly efficient. Real good offensive player. And people don't remember that three years ago, the guy was six feet tall. So he used to be a guard. He used to be like a, a strictly three-point shooter. Now look at him. So I, I like it. I think I think you're probably thinking about Doug McDermott, but who had a great year. Yeah. But, you know, I, I got no problem with uh, him giving it to Davis. I think the one thing that that the, the committee doesn't really take to effect is the season in general. Because if you look at it, last year Jimmy Fredette won this award. Yeah. And I think a lot of people base the tournament too much on this award because for the Heisman, it's ultimately what it used to be was you know whoever had the best season in college football. Now you got all these politics, and I'm specifically looking at the years. I think it was when um, Mark Ingram won, Mark Ingram and Cam Newton, because you easily could have had Toby Gerhardt, who led the nation in the majority of the rushing categories. And then also Andrew Luck, who had an outstanding season his junior year, and just because they weren't in the national championship game, it, you know, politics played a huge role in it. Same thing goes for college basketball as well, because I mean Doug McDermott was one of the top uh, scorers in the nation, and basically a small, small, small team. He's carrying this team on their back. They won their conference tournament. The only reason why he did not get consideration was because they did not go far in the tournament. Now, when you look at a guy like Draymond Green who was an all-purpose player, yeah. and it's going to possibly have a stellar NBA career. I mean, it's either be a hit or miss, but the way he physically plays, also can shoot and pass, yeah. and do everything else, so the future could be bright for him. Because they were upset so early in the Sweet 16, the only player in the, the talk was left was Thomas Robinson and Anthony Davis. And I think because, because Davis was such an all-purpose rebound, because he was so he was more diverse than Thomas Robinson. Robinson just got points and rebounds. Davis also led the nation in blocks, was one of the best scorers, and is a huge difference maker on a very good Kentucky team. Yeah. So it could have gone either way. Because I think if, if Anthony Davis was the way he was on a bad team, you know, he might have gotten overlooked. Either that or he would have been, he would have to do a little something more outstanding. But I think uh, it was just, they just based it on the tournament, which I don't understand. Uh, I don't think that's fair, but... That's just me. That's my yeah. rant. And that's why I hate the one and done. Because you know he's going to be gone. It's funny because I was reading a tweet from one of the uh, from a Kentucky blogger. He's saying when asked, his mom said he wants him to stay in school. And his dad sort of gave her that look like, are you crazy? So we, oh, yeah. So we'll possibly see Anthony Davis in the draft. Oh, we will. And so we'll switch uh, positions on the hardwood. We'll go to the NBA where the Magic get drummed last night by... The Lynn Sanity Less Knicks and the Mike Woodson team that is now ten and three under his helm. Yeah. And much different looking New York Knicks team. Reports that Stan Van Gundy was requested to be fired by Dwight Howard. What do you think is gonna end up in Orlando? I think I think Van Gundy did made the right move because it's clear and you can't really blame the magic because Dwight Howard is just such an all world player. Just such a great player and he's a Center. There, there were there were a bunch of reports that he was having some problems with Stan and Sam Van Gundy, and that he requested him to be fired. And Van Gundy was, I think, after a while, just realized, you know what? I'm gonna be frank with it because 
he did ask for me to get fired. So I think what he he's doing right now, they're not going to fire him during the season because they are having a relatively decent season. But I think he's definitely made it clear that, all right, well, I'm gone after the year, so let's just get through the rest of the season. So I think that he also took upon himself that, and he probably just decided, I'm tired of this charade. And there were reports that Stan, uh, Stan Van Gundy wanted uh, – uh, Howard to be traded because he didn't want to go through this charade, wanted them to move on, and didn't want them to have to go through this whole thing next year. So, so I don't think he's, he's he's as good as gone, which is a shame because I think he's a great coach. Yeah, I mean, this is it's funny because there's two teams in the East that have this problem, and the first one's Orlando Magic, second one's the Miami Heat. So, looking at Orlando, it's it's interesting because they're basically like the Nuggets a few years ago with Carmelo, and <laughs> yeah, they have so much talent on that team now, and basically trade away one of your all-pro players for you know nothing. I don't think Javale McGee's done much in Denver. Yeah. But at Orlando, it's it's not not a good thing to have this feud with. I think it's what 14 games left in the season. Yeah. And we'll bring you a NBA playoff preview next week. Make sure to tune in for that. But it's not good when because they're what the third best team in the in the East. Something like Third that. or fourth. They're not a slouch team. I think they were as high as second earlier in the season. Yeah. And then when the whole after the All Star break, it just went downhill. Mm-hmm. So chemistry wise, this is not the best. And plus, no offense to Stan Van Gundy, but he's not really the most composed coach. Yeah. In the he's league. very very honest and frank, which I love. I think it's great. True. True. But not a good thing though when. Your all-pro big man is not on the same page as the rest of the team. He's held scoreless, I think, through three quarters last night. Yeah, he was dogging it. And it feels like if you, when your star player does not want to play, I mean, yeah. even coaching a club basketball team on my personal side, when, I, when my star player does not want to play, you know that you have trouble, as we experienced a few weeks ago when we lost to Georgetown. But I digress on that. Yeah. On the Miami Heat side, though, it seems like then they got beat by Boston not once but twice in as many weeks. Yeah. Is concerns for a possible best team in the NBA? This, everything's just not working out with Miami, is it? I, I'm not worried about it at all. You know, just have a couple of off games, but they're still, uh, you know, the clear right now record-wise, second-best team in the East, you know, third-best team in the NBA, or they may even be better than record-wise than Oklahoma City right now. But I, I'm not worried about this, you know, you know, with the the heightened media, you know, coverage on the Heat, you know, it's like, oh, they lose a couple of games, are they in trouble? I'm not worried. You know, we saw this last year, so I think they're gonna have they're in a great position to run right through the uh, the East and uh, come playoff time. And right now, as the season were to end, the Boston Celtics would be the number one seed in the East. This is a team that I think was fourth in their division at one point with numerous injuries. Now bringing Ray Allen off the bench. For our final things for the NBA, Boston are they? It seems like they have the elixir of you know of youth. And for as much as we've seen the Miami Heat, Orlando. Wait, did you say the Celtics would be the number one team in the NBA? I think so. No, they're right now in sixth. Oh, who's number one then? The Bulls. Bulls. Yes. Okay, we'll get to Boston in a minute. But, uh, <laughs> Derek Rose still inactive. He's making his first game. I think yeah. either this weekend. Or having a guy, having your MVP out for that long, is that going to affect Chicago? Uh, I don't think so. I think they what they really wanted him to have, ta- uh, you know, take as much time as he needed to get 100% healthy because they need him for the playoffs. But Tom Thibodeau's done a brilliant job this year as he did last year because they've only had it's only been like maybe nine or ten games where they have their they've had their full starting lineup all season long. So and they've just been awesome team. They play incredible defense, and they're going to be, you know, a, of course, as they are the best team record-wise in the NBA, uh, they're going to be a force in the East. I mean, they're, they're, the same questions that haunted them last year will haunt them again about, I mean, uh, who's going to take the load if uh, uh, Derrick Rose is great and Luol Deng is certainly capable. But, you know, they're a great team. they got a great coach. They play great defense. They have, they have what it takes to win it all. So, um, coaching-wise, John Calipari will not go to the NBA. But on the flip side, Jared Sollinger, Fab Mello, and numerous others will enter the draft. 
So we'll have your NBA playoff preview next week on Fanatic Radio. And we'll, but we are taking a quick music break. When we come back, we'll have lim- special edition Masters coverage. Also talk a little bit about opening uh, opening day. And hockey season finally ending, plus a Fanatic Radio special of a sound clip from Greg Williams, the now exiled defensive uh, coordinator. But stay with us. You're listening to Fanatic Radio on blogtalkradio.com.
Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. The phone lines are open 646-595-3137. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash fanaticradio to listen to the live show. Also, you can get the podcast on iTunes. Every episode archive at your convenience. Ben Florence, Michael Gardner, here inside the Media Production Center at American University, bringing you some hockey news now. That was a clip from the April 1st fight between the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Pittsburgh Penguins, who if the playoffs were to end now, even with five day, five day, games left, or five days left, they would face each other in the playoffs. You saw the clip of that. It was like three guys fighting at once, wasn't it? Yeah, then you had the uh, the coaches had a skirmish. Woo! Uh, Flyers head coach Pierre Laviolette was very angry with uh, um, the uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, I think it was the way it went down was Flyers are going after Sidney Crosby. Yeah, well, what happened was before the uh, the Flyers had did a little bit of a cheap hit on uh, Sidney Crosby, and then the uh, Penguins sent in their fourth line, which is traditionally kind of a goon line, the hitting line. Yeah, yeah but then the they uh, laid out they uh, they did a, a clean hit, open ice hit with like a minute to go. They're down two, and then just a huge brawl broke out. Three guys were going at it. Pierre Laviolette, like, uh, broke a stick on the ice, and the other half went in the Penguins' bench and stood on the top with, like, screaming at the Penguins' bench. Penguins' uh, assistant, uh, Tony Granato, was screaming back at him. It was just it was just a mess, and just two, two teams that really hate each other, but they're about to play in the playoffs, and they're playing tomorrow night as well. So, but, uh, yeah, it could be an exciting time. Uh, 
But if the playoffs were to start, the playoffs were to start now. Vancouver Canucks would be the one seed in the West, the team that is sort of trying to get back to what they lost last year, losing to the Stanley Cup Finals. In the East, the Rangers would be the number one. Surprised me that the Caps clinched the eight seed to the much of uh, joy of the people here on campus. Yeah. And a lot of Pittsburgh fans. Surprise for me, not being a big hockey aficionado, is the Florida Panthers are a three seed. Yeah. Are they that good? Well, it's but the system is that they won their division. Uh, but if they hadn't won the division, if they if they did it had a format where a division it was just by points, they'd be like the six seed. But yeah, they had a strong year this year. They uh really uh they had for their fortunes uh, broke forward at Dale Town with the new GM put a lot. Fair amount of money in the team because they had to spend money to get to the salary cap floor, and they brought in some uh, real good players, some youngsters uh, stepped forward, and they uh, took advantage of uh, the division, which was really mediocre. I mean, Washington really was just really inconsistent, really underwhelming all season long. Uh, but uh, yeah, so should be a good playoff run. So now switching, so I'm switching sports, going to the combed beautiful greens of Augusta National. Yeah. The Masters is currently underway, second round, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it's four rounds yeah. of golf. Uh, big surprise, Brandon Esposito called it on Fanatic Radio last week that Freddie Couples is currently second on the leaderboard. Yeah, he's, uh, some or he's, um, I think, I thought he was tied, yeah, he's tied for, uh, tied for the lead. Tied for the lead? Yeah, he's been, he was fantastic today. He's at a minus five today. He was just fantastic. I was actually texting my, uh, father about it, because my father's, uh, used to do some PGA stuff, he, and he loves, uh, he likes couples a lot, and here's his, uh, here's what he said, um, yeah, here's what he said, I, I asked him about Freddie Couples, and I told him, oh, he's in great shape, he's tied for lead, he said, oh, yeah, I, and I quote, I like him, one smooth-ass swing, and that's the thing with Freddie Couples, he's always had a great swing, and only known to kill the ball, he is, uh, over 50, so he's no... Young Stallion, but he's still been playing great the last few years in the uh, PGA Tour, so you'd love to see him uh, uh, have uh, another strong run in uh, down Augusta. Other big names as well, Sergio Garcia is up there at the top. Lee Westwood, is that his name? Uh, yes. He's up there. Roy McIlroy just underneath those two. Uh-huh. No sign of Tiger Woods, though. Do you think this weekend he'll make his last charge? Yeah, uh, the thing with Tiger is that he's really not played that great at all. On the leaderboard, he is uh, yeah, he's, t- he's uh, tied for 30 at that plus one. He's plus one today. He was even yesterday. Wasn't a lot of scoring yesterday. But he is on the 11th right now on uh, at, uh, down Augusta. But uh, yeah, he really hasn't played great. He looked solid yesterday. I mean, there, like I said, there wasn't a lot of scoring. And he, his putter looked good. And his putter's been crap the last couple of years before he won two weeks ago, but he really has gotten the gear, and he's really going to have to... I mean, the the leaders are only five ahead of him, so it's not that crazy, but he's really going to have to get going, get a, uh, get a couple strokes back by the end of the day, really wants to give a go at it. All right, so you still thinking with Tiger, though, to win the Masters? Uh, he's hesitant now, because I'm completely giving up on lefty. I don't think he's going to do it. Yeah, well, well, lefty's at minus two right now, so he's had a very strong day as well. I mean... I hate the flop right, flip flop right now, but I'm, I'm going to go towards. Uh, I'm going to change my pick. I'm going to go to uh, McIlroy. Who uh, McIlroy had a decent day yesterday. He finished at minus one, but he really started off on the tear today. Finished that. He's a shot behind the lead. So I really think that McIlroy is going to kind of get rid of the uh, demons he had from last year when he just fell apart with an ugly eighty in the final round. Right. So I think he'll uh, get the uh, the uh, green jacket. All right, we're running out of time here, so we'll go to our two-minute warning. If you're listening to it live, make, don't forget to catch the podcast on iTunes. Search Fanatic Radio. Look for the logo with the colorful letters in the radio tower. But for the NFL, words were uh, this was released to, uh, yesterday with the story of Greg Williams and the bounty scandal. Bounty Gate, as it's called. A mind troubled by doubt cannot focus on victory. In a fellow production business, we'll never forget about it. Where are we at right now? Got a tie at the top. 
Got a lot of guys up at the top. Kill the head, the body will die. Kill the head, the body will die. We've got to do everything in the world to make sure we kill Frank Gore's head. We want him running sideways. We want his head sideways. Bounty to the max for the yeah. Saints. I mean, uh, Antonio Pearson on SportsCenter today, he said that this kind of talk is not crazy. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that jacks, you know, gets players, like, really excited into the game. So, I mean, it's obviously out of line. Greg Williams is, uh, I mean, he's just lost a lot of respect <laughs> just for this whole thing. But I really feel that this is also, I mean, not to, you know, give him any, uh, like, a walk in the park or anything, but uh, free walk, I mean. But I think that this is definitely something that's a little more prevalent. But I feel that the the NFL's throwing down uh, the gauntlet at the uh, the Saints organization at Williams. He's been suspended indefinitely. That I think this definitely sends a message that all right, we're not telling you can't be physical, but there is obviously a line. You can't intentionally try to get players injured. You know? That is true, and it's been going on for quite some time through numerous teams. Of course, it's yeah, you know, like you said, NFL it psychs players up. Yeah, you know, I think I think there's better ways. Two psych players up, yeah. going off and getting the heads of Pro Bowl running backs. But you know that's that's the most of our NFL talk. Though we will get back to that when the draft comes around. Because I know you're you're blowing up the blog site on your mock drafts. Uh yeah yeah, pumping them out uh, once every week. Uh, for a friend at uh, well, not really friend, but uh, WalterFootball.com's uh, kind enough to have my. Mock draft in his mock draft database. Put my NBA mock draft up there, which I just started one. But uh, yeah, so the NFL draft is coming up a few weeks away, and uh, yeah, so that's uh, you know, bflow360.com. That is Flo's blog site. What are your thoughts on uh, Robert Griffin refusing to work out with the Colts? I really don't think it's. I think it's being overblown. I mean, it it really doesn't mean anything. I mean, I think everyone realizes that they're not going to take him, but I think it's more that it's just him. uh, uh, Peter King had an interesting thing. I think it was his Tuesday morning quarterback or Monday morning quarterback Tuesday edition. It said that no no team has ever, like, took a guy off their board because he, like, he chose not to go to a workout. So if they choose not to take Robert Griffin, it's obviously not because of that. Because I don't think it's a big deal, though. I think it's getting overblown, so. I mean, he's obviously going to go with Washington number two. They want to give up those picks to, you know, to, you know, take Riley Reeve, for example. That's a terrible pick because he's not going to be up there. But, for you know, you just, you know, they're going to take Rob Griffin. He's going to go to, and the Colts are going to take Rob Andrew Luck. So. Because the draft is in what, three, two weeks? Uh, yeah, I think in two weeks. It's around the corner. Stay connected to BFO360.com or Facebook.com slash Fanatic Radio for as that gets up and coming. Hopefully to get someone on the line that actually knows substantially more than what we do. Final thing, though, is baseball season is officially among us, and this is also that's bled over from spring training just to show how intense baseball season is going to get this year. Yeah. The tribe in the Rockies game, headlined by bench-clearing brawl. It all started after Ubaldo Jimenez hit his former teammate Troy Tulowitzki in the first inning. Now, no ejections following the incident, but it appears that Jimenez had some feelings about some things that his former teammate had said about him right before last year's trade deadline in July. Bench clearing brawls. I think my friend was saying the Mets are 1-0, leading the division for that one game. Yeah. Baseball season's among us. Is it? Has it been a impressive start? As you, I think the was it the Miami Marlins got smacked the other night against. Yeah, they really struggled, and there was like no offense, like really in any games. I don't think there was. Uh, there wasn't. Really, like or like I said, there wasn't that much offense yesterday. Not very many runs we could score, but you know, it's baseball season. Everyone's got a chance. Spring, you know, beautiful out, great days at the ballpark. But uh, I just feel that, or at least for me, it's um, you know, it's kind of like it's not like what it usually is because the Masters is going on at the same time. So I think for some people, they're like, oh, it's the Masters and baseball season. So, but yeah, it's baseball season. You know, it's always great and. Uh, the run to September begins. In October? Oh, I guess October is the playoffs. Yeah, but the run. Well, you mentioned yeah, that. That's what you meant. It is, a long, it is a long time, and I don't think people will start picking up baseball until at least May, if that's just me. Yeah. But that'll do it for our time here at Fanatic Radio. 
blogtalkradio.com. Don't forget to go to facebook.com slash fanaticradio to listen to, uh, to read exclusive content from Flo's blog, bflo360.com. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash fanaticradio to listen to the live show every Friday from 4 to 5 Eastern on this website. Also, go to iTunes to listen to the podcast. We've had great guests on the show. Looking forward to future guests. And a final thing before we sign off is I want to give a quick shout-out to the company Oddwalla. You know that, the uh, energy-boosting drink. You heard of this company. What company, yeah. Oddwalla. Does not sound familiar. Google it, because we are in the making of the working of a sponsorship for Fanatic Radio. You can find it in your local grocery store. They make protein. Yes. A future sponsor, a future sponsor of Fanatic Radio. So we're in the mix of getting that. We thank them. I'm going to give them a shout out. Shout out to Block Talk Radio for. Ben Florence, I'm Michael Gardner. Today we'll be back next week as we wrap up the past, as we conclude, or talk about the Masters, preview the NBA playoffs, and also drafts to come. So we'll get to the next video on blogtalkradio.com. And so long. We'll see you next week.